This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. At me. Hey, that me. Recap show. Motherfucking recap show. You can't have an event without a motherfucking recap show. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. It is my beautiful four-year-old daughter's birthday today. I tried to record yesterday. We had a wonderful family party at Dave & Buster's yesterday. Immediately afterwards, we were there way longer than I thought. Immediately afterwards, we went and saw the in-laws' new house that's being built. They're moving back from uh, Georgia, from Atlanta. And uh, went and saw their new house, gorgeous new house over in Northern Kentucky. So I got home late, and then I got hit with a migraine. Got hit with a headache, so I laid down with the baby. Laid down with my little one, and I was out. I was done for the night, and I forgot to uh, mute my thing. Anyway, so we're a little late here on Monday. So I wanted to get it done Sunday, right? A little late here on Monday, but we're getting it done. Took the little four-year-old. Four I can't believe I have a four-year-old, guys. Been getting emotional all week, all leading up to it. You know, she's my my firstborn. My uh, Again, everything's just popping, making noise now, huh? She's my firstborn. She is uh, just so incredible. I mean, we we had a great day yesterday. We had an even better day today. I like, uh, I mean, I love our family. In-laws are great. But, you know, when you go out and there's multiple families there, you know, you got to you, you gotta kind of put on a little, you know, a little more. And, you know, today it was just me, the wife, and the two kids. And <clears throat> it was awesome. We went to her favorite restaurant. We went to this sick toy store. Local toy store, King Arthur Toys, shot King Arthur Toys, and then went and got ice cream. I mean, and then we just sang her happy birthday. She had like a little cookie cake. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I just, I'm, I'm an emotional guy. I'm not a crier. I'm an emotional guy. I don't cry a ton. I get choked up and stuff, but I've been, I've been catching myself tearing up, crying a little bit, looking at some old photos of her. I mean, it just seems like yesterday she was this little round ball that you know could barely move and now she's four and she's so funny and and smart and sweet and just so caring and she loves everybody and she's her own person which is what me and my wife the the biggest thing for us is is you know for her to just let her know she can be whoever she wants to be and and develop her personality and really be confident with just who she wants to be and who she is and um, I just, I always truly believe in positive reinforcement and, and giving kids confidence and letting her do what she wants. You know, obviously, you know, I grew up not in a strict household and I didn't really get too much trouble. I definitely fucked around and, and didn't do and didn't apply myself was a big word, but we're going to have a balance of that. We're going to, we're really not going to be super strict, but we're also going to like, I'm going to tell her like, listen, Dad fucked up when he was in high school. Okay. Dad fucked up in school. I didn't care. You can care. You're smarter than me. You're, you're, you're wonderful. You're, you're better than me. So you have to do better than me. You know, it's just a weird balance. We're not there yet next year's school. I mean, she could be in preschool right now, which we actually do have some packets to fill out. And my wife and I are kind of dragging our feet just because, you know, we don't want our baby to leave us and just, you know, it's emotional. It's emotional. I didn't, I didn't know how much, how long I was going to talk about it because I didn't want to start crying because <clears throat> I make fun of people that cry in podcasts like Errol Hawani when he cried after the UFC banned him and you know Joe Rogan cries on his podcast quite a bit but you know I just I didn't want to cry I don't know if I was going to I definitely get emotional but uh yeah she's just incredible I know everyone's kids are incredible and 
I, I try not to talk to them about them that much because, you know, everyone, you know, if you have kids, you know, your kids are great too. You know, it's like one of those things where like, oh my God, well, this guy shut up about his fucking kids. But yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I adore her and I adore my kids, my family. And it's so, it's crazy. Like, you know, when, when you're, when you're a guy, you know, when, if you're Jewish, right, you have a bar mitzvah, <clears throat> you're considered a man now, right? I mean, you're 13, but that's like the saying, you have a bar mitzvah, you're considered a man. Like, you know, 18 years old, oh, you're legal. You can move out. You can vote. You know, you're a man when you're 18, you're an adult. 21, I can drink. I can do it. You know, everyone <clears throat> has benchmarks of what they qualify as a man, right? You know, I, I had my first beer. I'm a man now. I fucked, you know, you know, hooked up. I got, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a man now or I, I live on my own or, or respond, whatever. And I used to think that way too. You know, I had benchmarks where like, you know, I lived on my own since I was 20, right? 21, I think 20 going on 21, you know? And, uh, I thought I was, but I, I wasn't, I was an immature little fucking, you know, idiot. And, but I used to act like I was an adult and a man and mature. And when that little girl popped out four years ago today, I knew like everything changed, right? When you get married and stuff, things change a little bit. You just have a partner in crime, you know, you're supposed to marry your, your, you know, your partner. I sure shit did with Erica. I got incredibly lucky. But when she popped out, everything I thought I knew about being a man, a good person, um, but, you know, I, I didn't know shit. You don't know anything. You know, she changed everything. She changed me for the better. I've always wanted to be a dad, you know, even, you know, even when I was younger, I wanted to be a dad, right? I, I grew up with a shit dad. I have a great stepfather, a great grandfather, so it's not going to be a pity party for me, but my real dad was a real piece of shit, and, uh, you know, that that always stuck with me, you know? As much as my stepdad, you know, who I call my father, as much as he really picked up the slack, there's still that little bit of like, hmm, why does the guy that I'm a little bit of, that he made me, I have his DNA. I look like him. Why doesn't he want anything to do with me? So that fucked me up a little bit. And when she came out, just a rush of emotions came over me. I, I wept. I didn't cry. There's no crying. I wept. I'm trying to cut that a core. Like, where do I, where do I cut? Like, I'm crying. The doctor's like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is like my fifth delivery today. Guy just cut the fucking thing. Um, but yeah, she, Winnie is... I mean, both my kids are, but Winnie is my, you know, it's her birthday today, so we're talking about her. She is, without a shadow of doubt, my favorite person in the entire world. She is so sweet and so funny and so caring. And, uh, you know, she's a little performer. You know, she's giving Meryl Streep a run for her money. She mocks me. You know, she mimics me. She tries to do accents. She gets on all fours and tries to play Be Our Dog for like 20 minutes. She won't break character. She's fucking committed. Um... But, you know, when she came into this world, that's when I knew. I knew I had a lot. I mean, I'm still growing. I'm still growing up. But she made me such a better person. My wife made me a better person. And then Winnie just completed me. And that's why, how I knew I was ready for a second. That's how I knew we were ready for the other one. Because now with Hazel, uh, you know, I feel like I know what I'm doing a little bit. Because Winnie turned out so good. She's four years old and she's the absolute fucking best and uh, if I keep talking about her, I'm going to keep getting emotional. We're eight minutes in. 
And uh, you probably didn't tune in to MMA Takes Podcast to listen to me uh, gabbing on about my four-year-old daughter. But if you have kids, you know what I mean? If you don't have kids, get kids. Um, it's the greatest thing in the world. Being a dad is is the greatest joy of my life. And uh, I love you, Winnie. Winnie James, I love you. You don't listen to this. Actually, you know what? I think she does listen to this because her iPad is subscribed to the podcast. So she might play this and might hear dad. You know, she... she about a year ago, she thought her last name was Podcast. You know, Dad, what's your last name? Winnie Podcast. She thought that was her last name. Um, but yeah, I love you, Winnie. You are the absolute best. All right, let's get to the recap. Huh? UFC 263. We got a new champ, y'all. I don't know if you saw the Twitters or not, but uh, Timbo, he, he already had it before. Had a long reign. He got it back. He dominated <clears throat> picked a lot of smart dogs. He hit, I mean, essentially what he picked a good card. I don't, I, I didn't tally his total, but essentially what really sent him over the edge was the Paul Craig pick plus two thirty five. I think he even closed higher than that. That was a great pick. And then you had, um, and you had Terrence McKinney as well. Plus 200. I mean, those are, those are great hits, um, for Timbo there. Terrence McKinney looked great. And, uh, Paul Craig, he looked good as well. Let's go over my bet recap. So I had 1.3 units on Adesanya. I won that bet. Thank you, Izzy. Um, I had one unit on Figueredo Izzy at plus 101. Yeesh. Figueredo did not look good. I won one unit on Joe D- Drew Dober. Yeesh, bitch. We'll go for that fight. Uh, quarter unit on Felipe at minus 169. Got that one. Free bet on DraftKings. Um, it was like a promo. You get a, you, you bet 10 bucks. You get a $5 free bet. I hit Murphy Peterson at plus 305. Then I hit a half unit on Murphy at plus uh, 117. She squeaked that one out. And then uh, 25 bucks, 0.25 units on uh, the under Favola McKinney. That lasted like seven seconds. I think I should have got like double. And then I had the uh, $85 on the under of uh, Edwards and Diaz at minus four and a half. Missed that. Uh, We'll get into that fight. And then I won 20. Off Christian uh, on the Anders and Stewart fight. He has yet to pay me. Uh, his wife beat him on their little challenge on that night. I got a video from them as well. The Costellos and Molly, his 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 uh, wife, who I've never met. Seems like a lovely girl. But uh, made her, made Christian strap her up. And she was singing, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. One of the cooler videos I've ever seen, I've ever received. Molly's got some swag. And uh, Christian lost to her. So I love that. And he lost to me. The guy owes me 20 bucks. So that that play breezy, is that his name? I don't know his exact Twitter handle. Uh, that, that you, you see him. You know who he is, right? Go tweet at him and say, hey, yeah, bruh. Give Brian his money, okay? Because you, don't have, you can't get around it. I told this to Timbo. I got Venmo. I got Cash App. I got PayPal. Apple Pay? Yup. Check. Here's a pen. I got it all. You ain't getting away from paying me. But so overall, it was uh, it was kind of a wash of a night here. Um, Adesanya won, which is good. I didn't go crazy. You know, last time he fought, I went big units. I was very nervous about this fight. And that's where we'll start. We'll start with Izzy Vittori. I gave the card a 3.1 out of 5. Um, stacked on paper. Some fights left to be desired a little bit. Um, there were some good things. Maybe I was, I, I, I tell you what. Earlier in the night, I was being incredibly hard on some fighters because they got some low scores on my patent and star system. But, uh, oh, speaking of that, I never, uh, it's the only fight I have to, I was barely hanging on here. 
barely hanging on and uh for the main event <clears throat> all right izzy versus tory um listen I, I was i was nervous i said it on the podcast i was nervous went very conservative on izzy i i took him two ways in a parlay which was weird because i was very confident in figueredo which we'll get to that fight next but um this just proves how good Jan Blahovich is. I mean, regardless of if Marvin was having a bad night and maybe being a bigger guy the way he is, you know, having to cut the weight and, and being a muscler guy for 85, fighting back-to-back like that could have been, he could have been worn out. He could have been, uh, you know, whatever. There could be a million excuses. But regardless of how bad Marvin fought or how he looked, I should say, Izzy shut him down. Izzy won all five rounds. And Marvin Vittori for even to say, to Izzy that he won the fight and then that he thought he won the fight is just next level delusional and I'm really worried about the guy that is some crazy shit his corner Rafael Cordero is like you're losing get him to the floor that's it move forward get him to the floor and Vittori's like what do you mean I'm losing like after round one he's like Vittori's like or Cordero's like we lost that fight he touched you we lost that fight he touched you to a little more and uh, Vittori's like what what do you mean I lost? Same thing he did in round two. It's like, bro, you're not doing anything, right? You're getting him down. Then you're getting swept, right? You had a nice submission attempt. Then he got on top of you. Ground up pounding. He's picking you apart in the feet. You're not landing many shots. And every shot you're throwing is not very hard. And then you're getting countered and you're getting your leg kicked off. Like, like you're not winning. Like, it wasn't a dominant performance by Izzy. Even though he won, in my opinion, all five rounds, you maybe could squeeze around in there for Marvin. I don't know which round, but I wouldn't be upset if a judge gave that round, a lot of MMA Twitter was kind of torn on this. There was a guy I follow. Um, should, I don't, I'm not going to say his name because I might talk some shit about it, but he was off his fucking rocker. He thought Vittori was winning the fight. He had, he was put, put in live bets every round at Vittori at plus 450, plus 550, plus 650, or whatever he was going up after he was getting dominated. He's like, you guys are crazy. Don't listen to this fucking commentary. Vittori's winning this fight. What? Hey, buddy. Let me tell you something. You're suspect. Sussy. You're sussy, bruh. What is going on? Listen, I'm an Izzy stand, right? I'm going with my guy. Of course, I think he's winning the fight. The commentators, obviously, they're always going to fall in love with Izzy because he does everything perfect. His striking is, is really good. His movement's really good. His takedown offense looked pretty good. His ground game, getting up off the ground, looked pretty good. He definitely improved that since the Yon fight. Marvin just wasn't doing anything. He looked flat. He looked slow. Kenny Florian, shout out Kenny Florian. I always tweet at him. I was going to tweet at him again, but it feels like I'm just sucking his dick at this point. He broke this fight down perfectly. He was one, of the, and I don't really know if he's a capper. He's more of an analyst, but he does do pickums on the Anakin Florian. He broke this down, and he was so confident in his pick with Adesanya. He kind of sold me on it, but I didn't want to get overconfident because, you know, I've lost multiple units on Asanya before, but his confidence, I'm like, damn, really? Because he he was just like, listen, Vittori's tough, and yeah, he could get him to the ground, but his footwork sucks. He's plodding forward. Um, he hasn't changed much besides maybe a couple new takedowns. His cardio's gotten a little better, but Izzy's just going to style him on the feet. He's going to move. He's going to confuse Vittori, and then obviously we all assumed Israel was going to fix some mistakes because he came in this week very confident. Fix the mistakes from the Blahovich fight. Have good takedown defense, which he did. You know, the biggest problem with Izzy is getting taken down in the middle of the, the middle of the, um, the octagon instead of against the fence. Against the fence, he's pretty lights out. Vittori did catch a kick one time and took him down. But uh, I thought Izzy looked good. I don't think he looked great. He got three stars for me. So 
pretty average performance. I did tweet out it was, un, it was a forgettable performance in my opinion. I think my expectations were high because this was such like a bad blood type deal that I thought maybe Izzy was going to come out and really just just go nuts, essentially. Just really fuck him up. Um, he did not, right? He played it a little safe. You know, I feel like if he was coming off a win, if he was maybe champ champ or something, his confidence would have been sky high. He might not have fixed those mistakes, but I feel like he would have went for the kill a little bit. Again, though, on the flip side of that, I know I keep contradicting myself. Marvin Vittori's never been put out, right? This guy's got a blockhead. Vittori, or excuse me, Izzy did hit him with some decent shots. Some of those head kicks kind of went through a little bit. Izzy kicks like a fucking mule. He kicked his leg off. Vittori didn't switch stances once, didn't limp or anything, and hard guy to put away. So I think Izzy fought a smart fight, but a little forgettable. Doesn't fucking matter. He's 21-1, defending his title against a guy who, you know, had some bad blood, who's going to still talk shit about Izzy. And he got a one-star. I was really unimpressed with Marvin, a guy that I was... Stylistically, I thought he matched up really well with Izzy because of what we saw in the Blahovich fight. But you know, it, it just it just wasn't there for for him. It just it just was not fucking there for Marvin Vittori. I'm Marvin Vittori. I know a lot of people are sensitive. There's been a lot of anti-Italian stuff. I mean, I'm sure you know me thinking Costello Christian was Italian. I'm sure the anti-Italian people come at me. I love Italian people. Okay, first off. One of my favorite foods, okay, Italian food. I've never been to Italy. I love to go. My grandparents have traveled the world, and they, their favorite place is Italy. So I want to go, okay? I love the Italian people, but I can make fun of them. You can make fun of me. Let's me let me make fun of them. Um, Co-main event, Devison Figuello versus Brandon Moreno. Man, so I was really impressed with Moreno. In this fight, I was blown away. I mean, let's before we even get into anything else, before we even get into what the fuck I'm about to talk about, super impressed with Moreno. And boys, I mean, you know. I'm a five-star man! That's a five-star performance. Brandon Moreno won every minute and every second of this fight, finished a guy who had never been finished before, who was 20 and one. That one loss was, you know, It wasn't controversial, but it was so long ago. And he went out there and he looked so much improved from the first fight, physically, skill-wise, confidence-wise. My big takeaway, and I read this fight completely wrong. I had Figueredo with Izzy. Um, He was my send him home as well. I thought he was going to knock out a Moreno. None of us picked Moreno on the pick So we all stink. But I read this fight completely wrong. I thought Moreno was going to come. His confidence was going to play against him. I thought... Figueroa was going to catch him with his power. And the and since Moreno has taken it before, has like, oh, I felt his power, I'm fine. I believed in Devison having a horrible weight cut last time and having the food poisoning and whatnot and fighting on three weeks. But Brandon fought in three weeks too. He's not the smallest 125-er. He cuts weight as well. And then Devison had another bad weight cut, which is just kind of the norm for him. He's constantly having bad weight cuts at 125. But he came out just sloppy. Like he uh, he he had mentioned in interviews that he did not want to come out as aggressive because he doesn't want to get hit as much. And the last fight was sloppy, and he won even though it was, it was a draw because of the point. Blah blah blah. Well, he did nothing. He came out and did nothing. He was looking for one shot. His hands were down, and Moreno picked him apart on the feet, took him down when he wanted to, um, dominated on the ground when he wanted to, and, and and won every second of every round, and took that third round. And submitted him, finished him, rear naked choke, beautiful rear naked choke. Nothing, I mean, nothing super extraordinary about it. He took him down, took his back, got the hooks in, 
And it just seemed to me Figueroa wasn't wasn't really didn't really want to be there, right? I don't know what it was, injury, whatnot. Maybe after the first two rounds, he's like, man, this kid's different. Man, I'm not ready for this. Or something broke down mentally. Regardless of how bad Figgy looked, right? Because he did. He got one star on my star system. That's going to sit with him, right? I'm going to send him a motherfucking t-shirt that says one star. Put it on your pet bull. I don't care, right? You're a one-star man after this performance, okay? But regardless of how bad Figgy looked, Moreno looked fucking good. And you can't take that away from him. This is a kid who's been through a lot. He's got an awesome story. I tweeted out. You've seen it a million times. Lowest seen on the Ultimate Fighter. Used to train with Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo's boy going into the Ultimate Fighter. You didn't get to pick. You just got to pick. It like Cejudo picked uh, Pantoja. <clears throat> he was the number one guy, so he fought Moreno, who's the last guy, 16th ranked guy. So he went on Benavidez's team, and and Cejudo was tore up. And Moreno left the Arizona gym, went and trained Benavidez for a while. So like that kind of tore the relationship apart. I did see them backstage hugging and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. But um. That, getting cut by the UFC, having some ugly losses, the Sergio Pettis loss, having that draw to Asker Askarov, who's going to be next for the title, I imagine. Maybe they'll run this one back, but I think Asker's next. And then just looking great, moving to Vegas, making the sacrifice. I think he was doing pretty good in Tijuana, but moving to Vegas, man, his, his using that PI, physically, he looked good. He looked strong. He looked a good size 125-er, and he went after Figueroa. His stand-up looked good. His boxing's crisp. Um, that's obviously getting better. His bread and butter has always been the ground game. He's, he, I think he has a couple jujitsu tournament wins or something in Mexico, which I know maybe he's not the highest esteem, but he, he, he is a jujitsu. I don't know if he's a black, he probably has a black belt, but, uh, that was his bread and butter. Like that's what he's really good at. His wrestling was, is coming a long way, but his striking was always lacking. His boxing is really good. And he gets in there. He's an aggressive kid. He doesn't mind getting hit. Doesn't mind getting in the thick of it. And he comes after him. I love this performance. That's a five-star performance. And um, couldn't be happy for him. I'm bummed I missed it. I didn't even see it. I was super confident in Figgy. Uh, I didn't bet the prop to send him home. But like I said, I I, I put him with Izzy uh, to um, to hit that parlay because I was a little, a little afraid to put all of it on Izzy just because of previous nightmares. And uh, he blew it. You know, he blew it for me. He he just, he just did not look good. Um, I like to see him maybe go out 35 you know, if, if 125, if he really struggles this much and it's going to affect his performances, I mean, you got to go to 35 at some point. I mean, that's what they did to Cejudo. Cejudo, well, Cejudo is missing weight. They sent him to 35. And then he's like, and then he got serious and he and he, and he made the 25s and, and won the title and then back up the 35. But Davison, I don't know if, how, many, how many times he's missed weight. I know it's at least once or twice. But, um, yeah, well, yeah, he missed weight against the Benavides the first time he didn't win the title. But anyway. Um, it, it could be an issue moving forward. All right, Leon Edwards with Nate Diaz, the people's main event. <sighs> Leon Edwards got a three, Nate got a two. He almost got a one, but he got a two because of the final minute of the fight. So Timbo and I had a little, We I need to get him on. I need to get him on. You know, this is kind of the shades of the Devin thing where I'll say something on the podcast and, and Devin got very offended or something because I didn't come to him or whatever. This has no bad blood between Tim and I at all. I'm not talking shit about Tim whatsoever. Let me get that clear. Tim and I, Tim loves Nate Diaz and he's sticking up for his guy. Just like I do for sugar or Sean O'Malley when he got destroyed by Cheeto Vera and, and you know, his matchmaking with Smoka. you got to fight for your guy at times. And Nate is Tim's guy. Tim, <laughs> That motherfucker doesn't have many guys like GSP, the Diaz brothers, 
and I think that might be it. Like there might be one or two others in there, but he he doesn't love 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 fighters like I do. He doesn't have a list, and Nate's one of his guys. And uh, we had a, a back and forth, and and you know what? I think in the moment, right? I'm, the, I'm I like the Diaz brothers. I think that they're stars. Obviously, I always have. I'm not in the Nick Diaz army. I've never been a huge Diaz guys, right? Just, just I, I'm not like Tim, but. He made some good points. I was I was arguing with him, and it was a pleasant argument. It was a back and forth exchange, maybe not even an argument. He was saying only people that are gonna remember from this fight is Leon Edwards getting rocked. And he's right. I try to I try to say it's not true, right? Because you know, casual fans, he kept saying casual fans, which are, you know, they do they they are maybe the majority, they're not as hardcore as I am, or maybe someone else. They are definitely the majority, I think, at this point because so many waves and new fans are coming in. But Nate Diaz is so likable that that was probably like the best thing could happen for him because he was getting dominated in this fight. He was like hands on the knees, showing his butt. He was doing all that goofy shit. He was getting his leg chewed up. And then, you know, he's so fucking tough. He got cut up, got two giant cuts, one on his eye, one on the side of his head, was getting pieced up. Couldn't control Leon on the ground. I think he was having a problem with Leon's size. You know, Nate's not a natural 170. He's tall, but he's thin. I think 155 is his weight class. But he is getting older. I can understand why not wanting to cut the weight. But Tim and I were had a back and forth. I said Leon, you know, I, I essentially said Leon is the winner. He he won 24 minutes of that fight. And he's going to get a shot at, 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 uh, at Usman. Why wouldn't he? He's on like a 10-fight win streak. The only time Leon's lost it was to... Um, Usman, the last time he lost in the UFC was the Usman and he's been dropped before Brian Barberina dropped him. Uh, you know, he got mounted by Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson might've dropped him as well. So Leon's been shaky before and has, and has battled back. But the problem is Brian Barberina and Gunnar Nelson aren't fucking Nate Diaz. This guy lit that place on fire. So everyone's in that building's rooting for Nate Diaz. Every single person probably at home is rooting for Nate Diaz. He's getting mollywopped, but he's so fucking tough and he's so mental that he's like, fuck it. Nothing's stopping me. I just got to keep coming forward. He looked, he to me, he didn't look great. Physically, he looked okay. Um, his timing was off. He looked a little slow in there. He looked like he was second guessing himself. It looked like he didn't know how to enter. Leon was throwing him off with the kicks in his distance. Nate likes to get kind of even for being a longer guy. He likes kind of getting a little more closer and really working his combinations. He had a hard time doing that. He had to stay long, which that's what ended up catching Leon was a long left hand. But all that said, Tim is 100% right. I ha- I haven't told him this yet. Hopefully he listens to this. Um, but the only thing that people are going to remember from that fight is, is that last minute because Nate blew the fucking house off. And again, Nate, I thought handled this fight pretty well afterwards. I mean, right. He could have been like, nah, fuck that. I won that fight. He said his typical thing in a real fight. I went and he's hundred percent, right? No time limits, no rounds, no nothing. I think the Diaz brothers will be undefeated. They're not going to quit. You're not going to knock them out. Nate got hit with some big fucking shots. And albeit Leon isn't the, the biggest puncher, but regardless, Nate's 36. He's been in a lot of wars. He got put some on the chin and didn't even wobble. Just walk fucking forward. Um, but that left hand, man, about a minute to go, a little under a minute, whatever it was, 
that put him on Bambi legs, like my boy Tim says, that's everybody what they're going to remember. And Nate, and I love what Nate said. Nate wants to fight in three or four months. I love that. Keep, get active. Because the more active you are with a guy like Nate, with his style, he's always going to be in shape. Always. The shape, the ring rust, that to me, the cardio ring rust is not going to be a problem. The problem is the timing. He's getting good sparring, and he didn't say he got cut. They had to push the fight back, and it kind of messed his flow up a little bit. I understand that. I think that's a legit excuse. You're in a training camp for an X amount of weeks, then you got to postpone it and then kind of jump back into it. Your rhythm, your timing, everything's going to be kind of fucked up, and then there's going to kind of be over it. You're going to be like, fuck, dude. Like, I should have fought two weeks ago with this, you know, this dumb fucking cut. Um, but, yeah, so Timbo, not hats off to you. Dana White doesn't seem like Leon's going to be the next in line. I think he deserves it. Obviously, I think Usman beats him. I think Usman can finish him. Usman's a, a big, powerful guy. He can take him down. He can box him up. Leon, I think, is pretty well-rounded. Uh, but Colby's Colby's the guy that got heat. You know, a lot of people online are saying, you know, there's a, there's a trend going around that Leon's not getting the shot because he's black. I mean, the champion's black. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. Again, I'm not. I'm not a guy that should be talking about race. I'm a white straight man, so I shouldn't be talking about it. But that logic doesn't make sense to me. So I, I don't understand that at all. But Nate lost the fight, but won the war. Was a quote I heard. I gave him a two based on his performance. Again, I thought he looked off. I, I've seen a better Nate. And I think if he fights in three or four months like he wants to, we're going to see a better Nate for sure. And uh, Leon's no punk. Leon's a good, good fighter. And Nate went in there, lost 24 fucking minutes. But man, that final minute lit that motherfucking place up. All right, Bilal Muhammad versus Damian Maya. Um, I gave Damian Maya one. I gave Bilal Muhammad two. A little harsh on this fight. Damian Maya again. I kind of talked about it on the podcast. I picked him as my underdog. I didn't bet him. But, um, you know, you got the same old tricks, right? And, and you're 43, and, and Dana says he doesn't want to do business with them. I think there's one fight left, or maybe he wants one more fight. I don't understand the situation. I thought he fought out his contract. He said he wants one more fight against Nate Diaz. No no one wants to see that, dude. You're going to be diving at Nate's legs that with that single leg attempt. It's good. No one wants to see Nate Diaz in a jiu-jitsu match, right? They want to see him in a fucking war, and they want to see him take people down and submit him. They don't want to see your boring ass in there shooting singles. It was pretty shocking to me that Bilal Muhammad, Paul Felder said on the broadcast, has great single defense. And Damian Maia could not switch to a double to save his life, could not switch to a body lock. Literally this whole camp, he trained singles. And when when Bilal shut that down with his balance, Damian tried to do a double, terrible, right? He just wrong position, wrong head side. Try to do a body lock. Bilal's like, what are you doing here? Just he he has a one trick pony. Always has been. Bilal passed the test. They want the they want the test. Me passed the test. Um, you know, didn't look great to me. I think his striking isn't great. I just you know I know people like Bilal Muhammad because he's funny and he's a good guy and and all that stuff. But I just I don't think the ceiling's very high for him. Um, you know, I think he would have got destroyed by Leon if the fight went on further w- with the eye pokes. I just, yeah, I just don't think the ceiling is incredibly high for Bilal. I think he's going to be a tough out for a lot of people. I think he's very durable. I think he's tough. He has been knocked out before, but I do think he's durable. I think he's tough. I think he's well-rounded. I just don't know what separates him from the top. You know what I mean? And I think once he kind of fought the top of Leon, but once he starts fighting the real top of the top, these young guys, um, I think we're going to get some answers on him. He could squeak out some wins. He's that kind of guy, but uh, just unimpressed with him. So I don't know if I get, so yeah, 
two and one. Uh, Pool Creek versus Jamal Hill. This one hurt my heart a little bit. I love Jamal Hill's entrance. The guy was confident as fuck. I'm a sucker for confidence. And he came out without a care in the world. Him and Paul Krieg had, had heat all week. And uh, he came out like fucking ready to go. He's dancing. He's high-fiving the crowd. You know, he's just oozing confidence. He's undefeated kid. He, he knows what he's getting into with Paul Craig. Paul Craig comes out like a bat out of hell. Not a stoic as fuck. Angry face on. And he goes in there. And this is what I don't understand. I'm not a fighter. Okay. I like to think I am or think I could have been, but I'm not. But I watch enough fighting to have questions that I think need to be answered. If you're Jamal Hill, you have a distinct advantage on the feet. When you guys run the feet, you're a little tentative. You're feeling them out, right? You're being patient. Usually Jamal Hill's got a fucking sniper left hand. Didn't get to throw it. The minute you clinched up, Paul Craig pulls guard, right? Paul Craig didn't land a takedown. Paul Craig pulls guard. Paul Craig is is a genius off his back. He's really good. He overhooks your arm and traps you. When Jamal Hill first got the overhook out, when the when the announcer's like, oh, he's in trouble here. He got it out. He should have stood up. He decided to play in the guard game. Leading up to this fight, he even said in the fighting meeting, according to the announcers, he started with jiu-jitsu. So he wants to show off his jiu-jitsu. Well, you got your fucking elbow snap, bro. I know it's not broken. It's dislocated. It was flopping all over there like a limp dick. But, dude, that sucks. And I sent out a tweet how high I am on Jamal Hill. I love the confidence. He needs to back it up. And then he gets his fucking arm dick flopped out there. Doesn't tap. Tough as nails. But what are you doing? The guy's got one way to win. So my question is, why the fuck are you going to the ground with him? Stand the fuck up. I don't know if Paul Craig would have been able to land many takedowns. And I don't really know if Paul Craig is all that great off on top, right? Most of his, I mean, I'm sure he's, he's great everywhere with his submissions. That's his game. But all his submissions we've seen have been off the bottom. He's a wizard there. Triangles, arm bars, whatever. Especially the triangle. But you play the game with them. Put your fucking ego aside. Quit this. I started in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, well, my first sport was basketball, and I suck at it, okay? So I'm not going to go challenge. Well, I do challenge people at Mark, my work, but I'm not going to go challenge the local high school team because then I'm getting embarrassed. What are you doing, Jamal Hill? He got a one. He got a one. Fight IQ low. Confidence high. You got to meet it in the middle, bro. I'm still high on Jamal Hill. Still think he's good for 205. I like him. But Paul Craig, and this, you know what? Paul Craig got a four. I I actually was really impressed with it. A lot of heat on this fight. Paul Craig is a fringe fighter. This is a big win over a big prospect, an undefeated prospect. But the people who, sorry, I don't know what that popping was. The people who bet Paul Craig by submission, and this got ruled a TKO, you got to get your money back. I did not do that. But I know a lot of fighters and a lot of people did because I was a smart bet. Paul Craig, the only way he's going to win is probably by submission. And this was pretty much a submission. If that ref had a fucking half a brain. But, I mean, Jamal Hill, I guess technically didn't tap. His arm was flapping around. Maybe that was a tap. But the betters got fucked on this one. I'm glad I wasn't on the right side of this because things would have been broken in my motherfucking house. 
But I'm glad I, you know, people who did better on this, I feel for you. All right. We got Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. Whoo. Fight of the night. Awesome fight. I was on Dober. He's my mortal lock. I betted him as well. One unit. Um, Duber, 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 Dober got a two and Riddell got a four. Um, Brad Riddell's my darling, right? Um, I just thought <clears throat> this matchup favored Dober. Dober is an iron head, punches really hard kind of guy. And Brad Riddell got rocked in the first round, got dropped, almost got finished, right? But he he calmed down. He's a veteran of striking. The guy's been around forever. Million Muay Thai fights. Um, and and he, he kind of came into a little bit of calmness there. And then he started making reads. And he goes, oh, oh. Every time Drew Dober enters, he enters the same way. I'm going to start fucking countering, right? Dober's a southpaw. Brad Riddell's orthodox. That right hand was fucking money for Riddell. Eventually wobbled Dober towards the end of the fight. Almost, you know, I don't know if I almost put him out, but definitely hurt him bad. Bambi legged him, as my boy Tim says. Um, and I just thought Dober was going to come out a little bit, maybe not as aggressive, but come out a little bit more measured, kind of maybe draw Brad Riddell out. I thought Dober was the more well-rounded guy, which I was wrong because Brad Riddell was actually the one landing pretty good takedowns. And he stuffed a few of Dobers when Dobers decided to mix it up. I don't know if I said Dobers. Um, but Brad Riddell with the countering, his timing, his countering, his hard, his cardio, everything looked good. Dobers slowed down big time. And Riddell, after getting rocked on first round, getting buzzed in the second, really had some composure and went out there and, and chipped away and really landed some good shots on a tough kid. I mean, Dober, again, he got 11 losses now. He had 10 losses coming in. But iron fucking head, iron chin, and and, and Dober cracked it. And Dober, or excuse me, Riddell cracked it. And uh, I love this fight. I think it was a high, high-level fight. And uh, a little disappointed that uh, I went against my Golden Goose. And I paid for it. I paid $100 for it. You know what I mean? That's my own fault. I just thought Dober matched up well. And I was motherfucking wrong. Wrong as they come, boys. Uh, Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. Uh, Anders got a two. Stewart got a one. This wasn't the first fight at all. This fight kind of stunk. They both went to wrestle for some reason. Eric Anders was bragging about his new striking coach in Arizona and that his timing and distance is great. And then every time he threw a punch, he clashed in, you know, he overstepped on his punches and cl- collided and, and they ended up in a clinch. Both these guys are 85 ers up at two Oh five. I think Darren Stewart might be staying up there. Um, you know, the first fight was way more exciting. Ended up with a legal knee, but this fight really fell flat. Eric Anders got a two and, and Stewart got a one. Uh, need to see a lot more boys, right? You're on a big stage, biggest card of the year so far. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not one of the biggest cards of the year. And, um, you know, you're in kind of a prime spot there. Second to last prelim. And you could have been a main card fight, you know, but you guys kind of shit the bed a little bit. Lauren Murphy's doing Cotto. What a lot of people are upset with this. This is my underdog Glock. Saw them dogs, baby. This is my underdog Glock. Lauren Murphy, um, Joanne Cotto. They both got it too. I, uh, I, I, Obviously had Lauren Murphy as my underdog lock. And I was confident in this fight. I thought she would be a little bit better at getting Joanne to the ground. Joanne did really well. It was very close. A lot of people online thought Joanne won. I have no problem with the decision. I thought it was a very, very close fight. I thought Lauren Murphy possibly had a 10-8 in that second round. So at worst, I was getting a draw, which I was okay with. I had her in that little parlay, and then I had her straight up. But I got the win, right? Green Hammer came through, got me that win there. Um, Lauren Murphy, though, looked didn't look great. 
you know, I guess the complaint on her leading up to some other cappers was she hasn't really fought a ton of competition and has beaten a ton of. She she fought some girls at 135, but at 125 she hasn't fought the, the heap of competition yet besides Andrew Lee, and she squeaked by Lee, and she's fighting low level competition, looking really good and looking really strong. And to Joanne Calderwood, who who should have been fighting for a title a couple fights ago, obviously lost to Jennifer Maya, who has a problem on the ground, who did get 10-8, but Calderwood came back and Laura Murphy slowed down a little bit, couldn't get another takedown, couldn't get a proper entry, and kind of got pieced up on the feet. I I, I would have been upset if Joanne uh, won because I had money on it. Obviously, I'm going to take the win. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to give them any money back. I mean, it's already gone anyway, but I, you know you know what I mean. But uh, an okay fight. Both got two. I'm going I'm to keep it there. I'm going to keep it in the middle. Mozart Evil Live versus Hakeem Dawadu. Mozart Evil Evil Live. That motherfucker problem, this dude. This dude's a problem. He would have got a four, but he got rocked in that fourth round because I or third round, excuse me. So I think he just got a little overconfident, right? Was like, I'm cruising this guy, and, and Hakeem didn't give up, and Hakeem cracked him. Hakeem has great takedown offense, and, and obviously he's a striker, but uh, Bozar just, just buzzed off through him. This kid's undefeated for a reason. He's got pretty good striking. I think his defense is a little bit of an issue on the feet. I think his speed could be an issue at 145, and I think his, um, not his chin, but just his overall stand-up game could be a problem. But if you're that lights out on the ground, if you can take anybody down with your style, then keep working on the stand-up and keep hammering people with that. This kid's going to be a problem at at, uh, at 145. I like him. Uh, it was a good performance. This is a good win. This was 14 versus 15 ranked guys. Kim Dawadu had only one loss coming into this. This is a this is a great fight. Three and two. I, I had Evlov got a three and in in uh, what's his face got a two. Funny enough, Penny Kazad versus Alexis Davis. I didn't rate this fight because I did not watch this fight. Um, kids were coming home. My wife was out with the in laws. They came home at this point from dinner. I was helping the wife. I had to take a poop. Penny won. That's all I know. I saw I saw the ending of it. I apologize. I didn't rate it because I didn't see it. We all were on Panny. Congratulations to Panny Kazad. From what I understand, it was a very close fight, but Panny was the rightful winner. I didn't really see too many objections on Twitter. I apologize for missing this fight. Terrence McKenney versus Matt Favola. Matt the Steamboat Favola. There's my Italian again. Um, this is awesome, right? So Terrence McKenney would have got a four. I can't give a five because I didn't see enough, but a four, but he blew his knee out. And I don't know how bad the knee is, but he hurt his knee on the celebrations. We only got a three. Frula got zero. I mean, listen, seven-second fight. I know they keep switching opponents on you, bro, but you know this kid comes out of bat out of hell, and you come out and you just put your hands up, and you walk forward, and he just does a one-two, pieces you up, drops you, knocks you out. I mean, this kid's dangerous early on, and, and if you're coming in not knowing that and you just get dropped and knocked out like that, is what it is. McKenney seems like a tough kid, nice kid, liked his interview. Apparently, he's got a great story, which I don't think I know about. I'm going to have to read up on or watch some videos on. Um, got completely blown off by Joe Rogan. You know, he's like, hey, man, I want to come on your podcast and uh, tell my story, you know, and, and, and the broadcast talking about how good of a story he has, you know, with his life. And he, Joe Rogan's like, yeah, one day maybe. That's a basically like, hey, fuck you, pal. You ain't coming on. You're a nobody. Get a couple more wins first, right? Um, I like this kid, right? He was in the LFA. He looked pretty good. He was on the contender series as well. Got knocked out by Sean Woodson by a flying knee, but he looked pretty good up until that point. He's a big power puncher. My only concern with a guy like uh, McKinney would be if he doesn't get you out of there early, can he go long? And he's a young kid. He's 11 or three. The guys in the UFC, there's going to be guys that, that, that are going to push you, that are going to take you to that next level. 
Are you able to fight like that? Or do you have cardio? There's a lot of questions still to be answered with Terrence, but I'm going to let the kid shine right now. It was an awesome performance. He got robbed. Should have got a bonus in the night. Without a doubt, coming up on short notice against a guy like Favola, who is a solid dude. I mean, he's not ranked or anything, but he's a solid guy at 155. He's been fighting UFC for a while. He's got some good wins. And, and McKinney went out there and fucking boop, boop, two-piece slapped him in seven seconds. Uh, amazing performance. All right, next up, Steven Peterson versus Chase Hooper. I hated this fight. Peterson got a one. Hooper got a zero. Again, another thing where I know Peterson is a well-rounded mixed martial artist, and he likes to fight on the ground, yeah, yeah. But that's the only way Chase can win. Chase outstruck this dude. Peterson outpositioned him. And it, it it was just a weird fight to me. You know, Peterson's calling out, you know, so-and-so because they're assholes or whatever. Chase released a, a statement. He was a young kid. If I was Chase Hooper, he's going to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's going to these different places. He has good jujitsu. Obviously, you, you're going to need to work on your body a little bit. You're going to get a little stronger. He does not seem like he's naturally strong. He's a skinny guy. Gets in there, he's fighting grown men. He doesn't seem to be the strongest guy, right? Skinny guys can be strong, right? They got that skinny guy strength, but he does not have that. You need to get a little stronger, and you need to work on your wrestling, right? If your jiu-jitsu is that good, and you can flow that good on the bottom, on top, if you can scramble with anybody, yada, yada, um, then you need to work on your wrestling. Your wrestling needs to be really, really good. His striking, yeah, it's awkward, it's whatever. He gets hit so fucking much. Work on the defense, keep working on your striking, all that, but really maybe take like six months to a year off and you know, your, your dad or whatever joke you're doing with Ben Askren work with him. Even though I don't think his style translates to everybody. He's got that funky wrestling style, but you find a wrestling guy and just hammer that home, hammer your takedowns, right? I wouldn't even worry about fucking takedown defense. Let people take you down, right? Let them take you down and, and, and get your guard game tight. I know you're a young kid, but really work your wrestling. And, and go in there and surprise people with your strength and with your wrestling and be able to take them down. And then you're going to be winning fights, right? You're a tough kid. You can take some shots on the feet, which is good. Not good because your brain's going to be much when you're older if you keep taking these shots. But it's good that you have taken them and proven that you're tough. You're aggressive. Your striking's getting better. You have a decent left hand and, and your kicks are okay. They're not great. But get that wrestling tight. But right now, I got to give you a zero. Because UFC kind of give you, they're giving you layups. And Steven Peterson has a horrible Superman tattoo. And I don't even know if he was in the UFC still, if I'm being honest with you. The guy's got nine losses, okay? So tighten it up, Chase. Take some time off, right? And uh, you know they said on the broadcast, you want to go to Thailand? Fuck Thailand. Don't go to Thailand. Go to fucking like Bulgaria. Go to Russia. Go to Dagestan. Learn some fucking wrestling. Because when you start taking motherfuckers down, that's when you're going to be a problem. Until then, you're getting a zero. There's Ferez Zim versus Luigi Benamini. Uh, This fight was kind of weird. We all were on, on Luigi. He came out, didn't fight until the third round. Zim got caught in that third round. Again, played it safe. This is kind of his the, the kickboxing style. I don't love a lot of fighters that come over from kickboxing into MMA. Fares, uh, I'm going to say Zim. I keep saying Fares. Zim looked like he he, he uh, tightened up his takedown defense a little bit um, and looked like that. Uh, that's about it, right? I just don't like his striking for MMA. He's not that powerful. I love to see him fight really anybody. Giga Kasak, Kasak can come up to 55 and knock him out. He caught up Bobby Green. I love that fight. Um, but Luigi didn't have it. The third round, he rocked him and really went for it. I got to commend his heart. Um, he got a two, and, and Ferris got a two as well. It's a majority decision. Uh, didn't love this fight. Carlos Felipe versus Jake Collier. First fight of the night. I had Felipe. First fight of the night. Won the bet. 
Uh, a lot of people thought Collier won this. A lot of people love Collier at dog money. I understand why. Both guys, Felipe got a three and Collier got a two. Collier slowed down a little bit. Felipe, you know, he's just he's just moving forward and, and is a madman. And he's going to have some problems with some of the big boys. I don't like him. He dyed his hair blonde. That's why I took him. And that's the honest truth. I got, uh, so obviously Timbo won. New champ Timbo. Check the Twitter. He sent me a video. I went eight and six in my picks out. So I'm over 500. I did okay. Not great. Not not whatever, but I did okay. So that's the show. Just a quick recap of the pay-per-view. In case you missed it, UFC 263. The next pay-per-view is Connor 264. We obviously got a fight this weekend. Uh, Danny gave his Korean zombie, which is which is a fantastic fight. I love the main event. The card itself, it's kind of weird to me. I... I, I don't I can't make heads or tails of it right now. It looks like Chinese to me. There's a couple spots. I looked up the lines. There's a couple spots that I love. Um, like I only really am looking at two dogs and a couple good size favorites, but the good size favorites are good size favorites where you want to put some motherfucking cash on them. Um, but there are a couple interesting dogs here. Some really Definitely not a no, uh, not a name value fight uh, card, right? Matt Sullivan's Chaos Williams first fight of the night. That fight's awesome. Joaquin Silver's Ricky Glenn. I loved how he changed his name from Rick Glenn to Ricky Glenn. I've always liked Rick Glenn, but he hasn't really performed in the UFC. Nick Nergamarizado, <laughs> I have no idea. Looked like complete shit. Lost to that fucking uh, Russian dude who stinks. The what's his name? Sparberg Sarov. Yeah, that guy stinks, and this guy lost to him. Uh, he's fighting uh, Alexis Kamur, um, Ohio boy, Stipe's teammate. Then you got Laura Procchio versus Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill, Wawi Wiwa. Check out her Instagram. Joey Rosa versus Sun Wu Chu. Love that fight. Josh Parisen, Rogue Martinez. Could do without it. Vima Janjaroba versus Kenyatta Murato. That's a high level fight. Tim Means versus Danny Roberts. Okay. Right. Marlon Vera versus David Grant. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting because I think the last time David Grant fought, I said I wasn't going to pick against him because every time I pick against him, he shoves it up my ass. I am telling you right now, I'm picking against him, and there's a good chance I'm betting against him. I just don't know how he beats Vera. Vera doesn't get finished, you know, but he's a slow starter. I don't. Know. I got to look more into it. I take my take back my guarantees. Take them back. Wellington Turner was Bruno Silva. Bruno Silva coming back after like three years, two years with a drug suspension against Wellington Turner. And a guy who I actually thought was going to be really good. And it looks like he's been stinking lately. Uh, Diego Lima was Matt Brown. Oh, Matt Brown. Ohio Strong. The immortal. Co-made event. Alexio Lennox versus Sergei Spivak. I want to know. I want to know who, like, do the matchmakers make the card? Or is that an ESPN thing? Is that a Dana thing? Is that a producer's thing? Because who in the right mind would put Alexio Lenick for Sergey Spivak as the co-main event? Neither of these guys are that good. They're heavyweights. They like to fight on the ground. Alexio Lenick looks 100 years old. No one's rallying behind this grandpa. Sergey Spivak's ugly as shit, can't speak English. So if he wins, who are you promoting here? You know what I mean? I would love to see Laurie Prakio, Casey O'Neill promote some of these 125ers. I would even like to see uh, Marlon Vera, Davy Grant 
David Grant's on like a three-fight winning streak. Marlon Vera, you know, he just lost his last one to, to, to Aldo, but like he just fought Aldo. Why does he need to co-main event, right? This is a weird one to me. In the main event, Danny gave us chunk, uh, Korean Zombie. I love that fight. Korean Zombie, I don't know if he's the same fighter as he once was, right? You know, he's coming off that loss to Ortega. You know, he knocked out uh, Edgar and he knocked out uh, Moicano, but he's been a little inactive. And the Ortega fight, he seemed to step behind. He seemed slow. Ortega did seem good. Like, he seemed really good in that fight. But I don't know. Chan Sung Jung looked a little off. Ige looked amazing his last time out. Knocking out Gavin Tucker. Very interesting fight for 145 right there, boys. Because I do think Danny is a real deal. Korean Zombie has a fucking great name. Great following in Korea. And everyone knows him. He's right there as well. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to bet heavy on it. Um, because that's what I motherfucking do. All right, MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe. We're going videos, baby. Uh, I say it every time, but I'm telling you, we're going videos. Uh, I was asking you to video this tonight or this podcast, but it, it got a little too late. So my bad. Got kids, birthdays. And then um, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. Twitter's starting to grow a little bit. Starting to grow a little bit. Keep on following. Keep on following. Instagram as well, but also subscribe. I think there's like this thing I told you is coming with Apple. It's like subscriptions. I'm going to do some kind of like weird episodes, maybe a trivia, maybe just like personal, maybe just like stories, whatever you guys want. Let me know. That's no one's going to pay for anything, but that's going to be like a bonus episode that you get when you're subscribed to me. So if you're listening to this, you're not subscribed, subscribe, rate and review. I love you. And uh, here's Roadhouse. Let go. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dollar.